Welcome to the Interviews Podcast. Welcome, Interisti, to the Marco Matarazzi episode of the Interviews Podcast here for the post-match reaction for the second leg of the Champions League semifinals against Milan. Inter does the job. 1-0. We are heading to Istanbul. We are in the Champions League final. Oh my God. What a night at San Siro. As always, I am one half of your hosting duo, Alessandro Rafa, joined here by Johnny Paterno. Johnny, 13 years we have waited. How does it feel <laughs> to say that we are returning to the final of Europe's ultimate prize? To be honest, I never thought it was going to happen again. I really didn't. I'm not going to say that like this one year I believed or one year I thought we could or one year, you know... I kind of thought when we finally got back to the Champions League under Spalletti, I was like, this is good enough for me. You know, I'm just happy to be able to partake it. When we got to the round of 16 last year um, and the way we lost to, to Liverpool, I was like, you know what? That was a good taste. I'm happy with the quarterfinals next year. Now that we've gotten back to it, I believe, like I, I believe, I mean, the way that we're winning, the way that we're playing I am so excited, so excited, and my gosh, I mean, I, I, I like I tweeted, I'm sorry I ever doubted, you know, Simone. I'm sorry I doubted Lautaro and didn't think that he had that that dog in him, but he he's shown that when the lights shine the brightest, and we've seen other players that we consider top top players, but when the lights shining on them, whether it's you know a, a Leao or or whomever else you want to throw out from the league. They don't show up. Lautaro is there every single time. I, I can't. I yelled so loud when the that final whistle blew because how it was just like relief. Like not even not that I doubted we would win or finish it, like come through with this. It was just like we are back where we should be, even if I didn't think it. But it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be there or or, or be amongst the the teams that are really vying for it. It, it just felt amazing, man. I mean, I don't know how you felt, but my gosh, like, I'm I'm on cloud nine. I don't even know what to say. I was just excited to get on here to talk because I didn't like. After I talked to my dad, I wanted to talk to somebody else, and and oh man, it's it's a surreal feeling because watching this team this year, you know, there's times where you watch them where you have no doubt that this is one of the top teams in Europe. Um, but we, you know, we fell on hard times and all the conversations surrounding this club, um, you know, we've mentioned it a lot, a lot on this podcast, you know, the financial situations and stuff going on with our owners and player renewals and 11 losses in the league. There's been, as there is every year around Inter, you know, the, the Italian media definitely loves to jump on any anything and call it a crisis at Inter, but this feels so undeniably special um because it's it's improbable right it's again we we are not supposed to be here we're not no. we're not supposed to be one of the last two teams left standing in europe um and it's just it's an amazing achievement it feels amazing as well because 
the noise around our club, like our fans support this club with everything. Um, and we love this club with everything. And you see it in the engagement on social media week in and week out. And it hasn't been easy. And it, it feels like one of those moments where like, we, we deserve this, right? Like I, I'm not, you know, you had posted something um, from Juventus fans talking shit and, you know, seeing Milan fans talking shit as well. And, you know, I just tweeted out, you want to talk about Inter's road to the final? We had to get through a group stage that includes the La Liga champions, includes the team currently on top of the Bundesliga. We had to go through the, uh, one of the teams that's eventually going to be crowned the Portuguese champions, and we had to go through the defending champion of Serie A. What road to the final are you? did you watch? Because I watched a pretty damn difficult one. We weren't even supposed to get out of the group. And realistically, like... Outside of Nazario, on a, and you know what, I'll give him credit, and maybe he's crazy, but I mean, I, I don't remember anyone else who really believed that we were going to get out of the group. Did we think there was chances? Yes. But I don't think anyone really believed that we would make it out of the group. I think we kind of looked at, I mean, Barcelona had, aside from 2010, had kind of been a bugaboo team for us, so we kind of thought that was going to be a loss. Bayern is Bayern. And, you know, we would just have to do what we can against Victoria Pilsen and hope that Bayern or Barca smoke the other ones and help us out in that regard. Like, but we got it out. We got out of that group and we did it by not only beating um, Barcelona at home, but then drawing them 3-3 at the Camp Nou. And the way we, I mean, we, and honestly, you could argue we should have won that game because we outplayed them in every facet of the game, to be honest. And I, I think had it not been for a few fluke goals, I don't, I really, you know, I don't remember anyone that was like, oh my gosh, like what a, what a banger, it, you know, you know, deflections, one guy, um, I mean, Lewandowski outlept, maybe that was the only goal that was nice. You know, he jumped over Villanova and people were like, oh, he should, how, why is he marking him? And, and what, I mean, yeah, why is he marking him? That's what, that was my thought, but and even regardless. With, even with all that, Aslani had the chance to, you know, yeah, put the game exactly away. at the very end. And, and you know what? And I'm, I'm proud of him for taking the shot. I, I, in that moment, I was okay with it because it's like, I want young players to have that confidence and not be afraid of it. But regardless, we got out of it. We beat all the odds. We really did. I mean, what is it? Four straight? No, I'm sorry. One, two. Four out of six clean sheets in the knockout stages for for Andre Onana, and we could we could talk more about him later. But this team is galvanized themselves and and really shown up when it matters most. They believe in one another. I don't know if you were listening to Lukaku there talking about the the change in philosophy that Inzaghi started. Um, I mean, I'm I'm a little disappointed. It took him six months to recognize that they got to change their philosophy but we see we see the results now in the way that the team is playing and you know maybe had we started three months sooner who knows what could be happening but you know what i'm just ha glad it's happening at all we're competing on all fronts and now we're literally two wins away from being supercoppa champions coppa italia champions and potentially champions league winners like <sighs> a little mini treble it's been a tumultuous year, but if that's how it comes out, I'll be so happy. I really will. I'll be so happy with it. I mean, the league, the league's a league. It's a disappointment in that in that regard. But this, I think, this will make up for it, especially the financial aspect for a club as as uh, troubled financially as we are. So, I mean, listen, hats off to the boys, Simone, everybody involved, man. I am. Oh my god! I, I want to scream so loud right now! I'm so excited. 
part of it is like, you know, we had had a conversation around what would need to happen through the rest of the year in order for us to be comfortable with Inzaki keeping keeping his job, in order in order for us to be comfortable with the squad staying intact, you know, which weren't again like it has to be said those weren't unreasonable conversations to be having at the time because the way that we were playing at that time is not the way that we're playing now and not the way that we've played um, in terms of this this run to get us back into top four and into the final of the Champions League. So when you think about it, you know, we talked about you need to at least get top four. You need to, you know, maybe we even said they need to win the Champions League and look how things have been unfolding. It's It's remarkable, the turnaround. And especially for us, like, you know, the listeners, we started this podcast this year and we went, we started in the middle of the year where we were, we had just started our terrible run. And it's been, you know, you talk about Pazza Inter, it's, it's these podcasts have been Pazza. We, we, it sucked for so long and then it was, it's been so wonderful. Um, so all of that is to say that every single year we will be starting a new Inter podcast in the hope that we can keep the luck going and get to the Champions League final every single year. It's the only reasonable thing to do at this point. I mean, to be honest, it's I don't think Inter gets there without us if you really break it down, you know. So I would like, you know, maybe we, we get in touch with Beppe or Javier and, and we find a way to get our tickets, you know, comped as as expected for, for, for media personnel yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and we're in istanbul you know with watching with the boys um actually i probably would lose i would probably faint if i if we got to go there yeah um but all kidding aside man like yeah i i mean i'm happy with the way things have turned out i definitely look forward to doing this you know for for many more years to come hopefully um where we can just talk about this team that that we love and, and that we are so passionate about that you could hear it, the disappointment in our voices. You could see how it ruins our mood and changes our, our tone and, and it makes it hard to talk about because we take it so personally and we care about this team so much as, uh, as like probably everyone who is listening. I'm sure they, when they do listen to those, those lost ones, they, they're feeling it just as much. And if they had the opportunity, they'd probably come on here and vent with us, you know? So, I mean, obviously I appreciate everybody who does, listen to us week in and week out and, and supports the pod i mean you guys are you guys are great obviously i love our our Serie A and inter community that we have built up here and you know even you know with you alessandro you know uh coming on here and and being uh the awesome co-host that you are and, and be able to lead the conversations it's right i, I want to keep doing this I, I i love when we can talk come in and talk about these highs and i just oh man i cannot wait for the final bro i I might have to find a way to come come to New York and we find somewhere to go yes. in in the city for that. You know, that that might have to be something that we uh, we figure out. Yeah. I think the first interviews watch party, I think this is a big enough event uh where it makes sense where it makes oh, sense man. to do so. Um I gotta yeah, I'll look I'll look into what that would cost me. <laughs> Um, maybe we, we just, we'll start a GoFundMe to get Johnny to New York City. Oh imagine for this. <laughs> Oh man! Hey so, Nima, Nima, Venmo me, please, Nima. <laughs> yeah, listen, you know he's the CEO of SempreInter.com. I think it's only yeah, I mean, fair. I'm sure that you know, he was at the semifinal. He should support us, you know. Yeah. Um. So, in terms of this this actual game today, I we knew the starting lineups were were going to be what they were, and I think we're yeah. okay. we were okay at this point. You know, we've accepted we put our faith in in Simone. 
Um, and going into the game, you know, there's a couple things that I, that I want to talk about first. Inter's bus arrived late to the stadium, about 20 minutes late to the stadium today because of how packed out the area around San Siro was from the Inter fans. They really showed up today. Um, the folks on Paramount could, you know, all they could talk about was the atmosphere, the atmosphere. And it's in the back of my head, you know, it makes me really sad that, that the demolition of, of San Siro is a real possibility because there's nothing like the cathedral of, of football, of culture. Um, and it was such an amazing atmosphere to, to just watch, you know, on the TV. Inter fans really brought it. The Tifo was was amazing. Um, and I think it gave the guys what they needed to, you know, to kick on and, and get to the final. The second thing, this game was played very differently than what we saw in the first game. The conversation was, this is still, you know, nil-nil. We're going to play it straight up. That's not what happened, Johnny. Like, you know, that first half was definitely a little bit played as if Milan was down to nothing. And we sort of said, hey, you know, come at us. Let's let, let's see what you got. And they caused us some trouble there in the early parts of the game. You thought so? Because I, I, I kind of thought that they were, I think, yes, they, they sat back a little bit more than they normally would. But I felt like they were still leaving themselves more open to have you know attacking uh opportunities and 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 be able to try to hit them on the counter um i don't think they sat back as far as i would have expected like maybe like how they did um i can't even think of the game now but like when they did i I should say like when they did the coppa italia semifinal with juve you know the way that they sat back there and they kind of allowed juve to kind of try to dictate even though Juve really did nothing um and then inter kind of brought the game to them once they grew into it I felt it was a little, yeah, I mean, maybe uh, I see both sides, really. Yeah, I kind of feel like, yes, they did look at it in some aspects, like they were still defending a two-goal, maybe more so a one-goal lead than a two-goal lead. But I also felt like they did a little bit later in the game, maybe like the 30, 35th minute on, they kind of took it back. They're like, okay, it's nil-nil. Like, let's just yeah. go out and, and play our game with these guys. And, um, you know, they did utilize, uh, I thought Jekyll played pretty well in the first half. I thought he was... Um, a focal point of the attack and allowed people to to kind of play through him. He was good at laying the ball off for certain guys, um, whether it was DiMarco on the wing and and getting back into the box and stuff, and or setting up Lautaro for for little runs and stuff. It, I mean, yeah, it, it definitely you know was a little worrisome. It was definitely chippy. I felt like the ref was allowing well too many fouls in my opinion on both sides. It wasn't like. You know, there there was times where I mean, I tweeted out like I guess he's waiting for Milan to draw blood before he gives a card because I mean they were there was a few ins- I thought Krunic should have been carded in the first half, Donali should have been carded in the first half. I mean, I guess I'd rather have a ref who doesn't give cards out and that way like takes the takes the game away and and and, and kind of puts him as the, the the main star of it. But I also was like, some of these are like you know clear cut yellow cards, man. Like, what are we doing here? Um. It is what it is with that. I mean, and we got to highlight. I, I I lost my mind when I saw this, but the foul on the foul on Di Marco that led to the chance for Brahim Diaz, but the save from Andre Onana. Not only the save, the fact that he caught it, 
and didn't allow a ball to just, you know, float around the the six-yard box. Maybe a Milan player, I think Giroud was up near there that he could have maybe run onto it, depending on where it was, you know, if it was deflected. This man, if I see anyone talk about selling him, if I see anyone talk about Chelsea's going to offer 40 million, whatever it is, I might lose my mind for real. He is, without a doubt, Okay, maybe you can give co-MVP. My co-MVP of the season in every, in every whether it's the league, whether it's the, the Champions League, the guy is so important to us. And also, if you look at the way he was able to absorb pressure and get the ball out from the back and lead the counterattack, whether it's you know releasing it to Dumfries, releasing it to Di Marco, finding uh, Hakan in the middle... The guy is just so important, and I think that when you have a goalkeeper who's that strong on the on the ball, that's a weapon, and you have to hang on to that for as long as you can. I appreciate teams being interested in him or people saying, you know, whatever the how, how they like him. Um, but you had a chance to sign him if you really wanted. He was a, 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 available on a free. We got him. He's ours. Back off. That's all I'm going to say on that. My gosh, though, what what. What a what a what a first half for from him. I thought that he was just very and I you know if you and I look at that layout chance too where he came on and he beat a Cherby and the way that he had that angle covered and I think had he got it on goal, Onana had it covered in my opinion. It went wide. He did go down and it did go around his hand if you watch the replay it goes around him it, it, not under his hand where he you know then it looks like he beat he could have beat him if he put it on goal it went around him i think if he would have shot it at him he's got some him and manyan have the probably the two strongest ha- sets of hands I've, I've seen in a goalkeeper to be honest and i think he would have had that saved maybe you could say i'm biased because i love onana and, and he's probably my favorite player of the year but my gosh man i'm just i'm what to go in a half nil nil that's when I knew it was over, in my opinion. If they would have scored one in the first half, I would have thought, all right, now they believe they could equalize. We have to get one. But that's that's where I was at with the first half. So I think <clears throat> as far as the Onana positioning on Leao's chance goes, like it's very clear when he was going down that his hand was positioned perfectly in line with our post. Like the goal was covered. If anything, he pulled it back a little bit because he didn't want it to spill out into the middle. The other thing that I want to say about the Brahim Diaz chance, if you look at Lautaro's goal, much tighter angle, much less of the goal is exposed for the striker to, you know, pick and choose where he wants to go. And and the goalkeeper knows what sections they have to be defending. The Brahim Diaz chance, he could put it any which way he wanted. That was very difficult for anyone, for the commentary that was saying, um, oh, he just, you know, shot it right at him. It's not, it's not even about like where the attacker, where the attack, where the ball ends up off the attacker's foot. The goalkeeper has to be thinking about every which way of what he he needs to defend. And the ball was struck well enough where there are other goals. Tell me Samir Hadanovic is saving that. Absolutely not. Okay. That, 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 uh, sorry, Anda, I didn't Don't mean to, me. I didn't mean to Don't, catch. No, 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 be honest. You're being I, honest and, and that's he, all that matters. There was, di- there was a lot of difficulty in that save and he came up huge. You also talk about what he did with his feet today. I thought he, um, he really, 
sort of lulled the Milan attackers to sleep a little bit and let them get close to him before picking those balls out. Um, he was tremendous. This is his eighth clean sheet in 11 Champions League games. That is outstanding. That's insane. Eight out of 11. Eight Insanity. out of 11. Insanity. Insanity. Outstanding also because this back line, we went into this season, Skriniar, De Vrij, Bastoni. We're ending this season, Damian, Acerbi, Bastoni. Okay? <laughs> that that inconsistency in a back line, as well as, as they've performed, it's not about that. Like, there's, you know, those moving pieces make a difference. And it's incredible um, what he's been able to do. The other thing that I wanted to talk about in that first half was, um, you know, I, I tweeted out that the Milan uh, Olympic diving team was on display. Yep. Oh my gosh. Early on in that game, I, I'm, again, like this, all the credit to Inter, but it's just a point of uh, bother, bothersome watching the play acting from Theo and, uh, and Tonali in that first half. Like a lot of it was yeah. just ridiculous. And not to mention there were legitimate challenges on on Inter players that were legit. That not not even called. Not even called. Like yeah, I mean I I yeah, when you tweeted that I had to retweet it. It was so funny. But spot on, man. Like when Tonali dove in the box, and if you look at it, obviously Barella doesn't even touch him. Like, I mean, I, I what who touched you, bro? You look like you, you look like a sniper just took you out. I mean, I actually lost a lot of respect for Sandro Tonali. I used to to rate him, but having seen him a lot, not just against Inter, just this season in, in general, he he falls. Like, and I tweeted out, like, imagine Pirlo doing this in a derby. You know, like how that might have changed. Like, I think Andrea Pirlo is one of the guys, one of the few players who could play for all three of the of the you know the big teams in in, in Italy. No disrespect to Napoli. And he's liked universally. Yeah, you know, I, I, I you know, respected I could think at of, the very least. At the very least, respected. respected at the very least. But I think he's liked. I would say he's like same thing with you know Roberto Baggio and and you maybe uh, well actually no Vieri didn't Vieri didn't play for you. No, he didn't. Um, but yeah, guys, you know, the, probably those two that I, that, that I could think of that represented all three. Um, I, I can't imagine you know Pirlo doing something like that ever. I don't remember him doing anything like that. You know, I, I can remember, you know, Ambrosini doing stuff like that that would get under my skin. Um, you know, Gattuso would go at people and then he would, you know, flop around a little bit. But you would never see anything like Pirlo was elegance. And people who want to claim that Tonali is is the next Pirlo only because they're both at Brescia. I think that's the only reason, not not, not for anything else, because they're, I don't really see any similarities in their game. I think it's offensive to Andrea Pirlo and I would like that to stop immediately. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, and you know, when I spoke earlier about, it seemed like Milan was more into the first half. I don't mean that in terms of um, that they were threatening us a lot because it wasn't, it wasn't overly threatening. It was just that when you compare the first halves between the two legs, this was one where they looked more secure. But then as the first half wore on, uh, Inter definitely grew into the game. And like you said, once the halftime whistle is blown, you know, you know that Milan has 45 minutes to put two or three past us, two to extend the game, three to uh, to win the tie. Um, and it was a better feeling coming into that second half. The other thing that we need to bring up about that first half is that uh, Henrik went down with an injury and we saw the early introduction of Brozovic, which here's here's my thoughts on it. Um, 
we won the game. The one nothing came when arguably our best eleven was on the field. You can argue whether Gosens or DiMarco is is um is included in that that best eleven, but it included Brozovic and Lukaku. When Brozovic had to come on, it's a luxury to have a player like that be able to come on. But part of what has made this Inter run so effective has been the depth in our midfield. And if you, you don't you don't want a force change like that, right? If Henrik is down for um, you know a certain amount of time, uh, it is it is a blow and it has to be acknowledged. And I also you know I'm saying all this partly to say like I really appreciate the effort that Mkhitaryan has given us throughout this this run to get us back into the top four and especially um in the champions league you know he's been he's scored crucial goals arguably you know the match the match winner for this entire tie was that that second goal um so uh yes a a shame and hopefully we have an update on on mkhitaryan status soon yeah i mean I'm, i'm glad you brought that up um it is a shame that you know he he picked up a knock and and you and you saw he wanted to continue. You know I think he obviously knew the the gravity of this game and and when you're a player of that age you don't know when you're gonna be back in, or if you're gonna be back and chances are this is his only chance. So I hope he if it is something you know it's not serious that he is able to participate at least in the final even if it's as a bench player coming off to to relieve whether it's Hakan or or Bros whatever it may be. Um, you know, I kind of like when he does start, even though I didn't think I would, because when you could go to someone like Marcelo Brozovic off the bench, and obviously we could all argue, you know, he is the best CDM in the world when he's on his game. But when you can bring him on with fresh legs against tired legs, that's such a massive weapon. And you kind of saw, not that we were out of control, but once he came on, um, just the, the change in it, it felt like we just not only controlled the tempo, but controlled the midfield really the rest of the time and were able to negate anything that Milan had going forward with him on there. So again, so yeah, speedy recovery for, for Mikitarian. I, I wish, you know, that he is available. Even if he misses the rest of the, the you know, the Serie A season and, and stuff to, but he's at least in shape and, and be able to, to participate in the final. Uh, we have to take a quick intermission to bring you some live breaking news. First off, happy 78th birthday to Massimo Moratti. Uh, the mm. president of Inter when we last were in the Champions League. Um, thanks for thanks to SempreInter.com for posting that. And another um, very interesting comment from Steven Zhang to Sky. Simone Inzaghi is a very special coach. He is always calm and the only one that doesn't always ask me for new players. I wonder who he's taking a shot at there. <laughs> wow. Jesus, uh, Simone, Steve, Stevie makes see, it to the final, and all of a sudden he grows himself a pair. What the hell? But you is know this? what, Simone, you upset me because you should be giving him a hard time and asking for new players. Especially if if we win this, you better be asking him. Um. Oh, anyway, whatever. I mean, that was a funny shot at at, at Antonio Conde, Conde, but um, but um, yeah, no, it's uh, I I need you now to grow the balls, Simone, and and. Because you know what? You've shut me up with the way you've got the team playing. Now I want you to to be rewarded for it, to be quite honest. I I, I would love to see now, truly, I would love to see Simone with an actual transfer window. What he's able to do if he's able to get players. Not players that he picks because, you know, he's picked, you know, one guy in particular who doesn't really bring much to the team. But 
you know, if we're able to get him some weapons, maybe like a legitimate striker to partner with uh, Lautaro up front, some wing backs, some center backs. Um, yeah, I would love to see what he can do with, with you know, even like 60 million to spend on some, some new signings. Yeah. Um, all right. So going into the second half, uh, you know, again, Milan didn't have much for us in terms of what they were threatening with. It was a lot of Junior Macias cutting inside and and putting balls into the box that were sailing over Darmian and Dumfries' heads. Um, the physicality definitely continued, and there was one incident where if Krunic can get away with a punch to Bastoni's stomach, um, then Acerbi should be able to get away with a, you know, a little toe tap there. Very yeah. stupid. I have to say from a veteran player, like the last thing you need is to go down to 10 men. You don't know, you know, what this referee crew is going to do. I really, really didn't like that. I don't want to, you know, obviously dwell on it too much, but, um, yeah, th- there's not much to say in, in defense of Acerbi there. He definitely, uh, you know, he, he stamped down on that. Yeah, I mean, wasn't a fan of that. Um, obviously, like you said, of someone who who's been a veteran presence and has been such a consistent player for us. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess I'm I'm okay getting away with it. But yeah, if if that was spotted and and who knows, that could have been reported, you know, to the ref, and then that turns into a red card for for no reason. And he was actually one of our better performers on defense. So it's like, now what? What do you do? Do you take off? Di Marco for another center back or whatever. Like you don't want to put the team in a situation where you cost them in that, in that. So, I mean, did I think Tonali maybe deserved it? Probably, but you know, uh, it doesn't mean you should go ahead and do that. And if you're going to do it, do it to Theo. You know, he's, he's the guy I would rather see taken out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, eventually we get the introduction of Romelo Lukaku into the game in the 66th, 66th minute. Gosen joins him, uh, replacing DiMarco and Dzeko, uh, respectively. Dzeko's definitely his influence on the game was waning, as good as he was in that first half. He was sort of, his touch was uh, a little bit all over the place. Um, so that was a solid change that that needed to be made. And it was followed up with Lula combining again. Um, Lukaku doing a great job to hold the ball in the area for as long as possible. Uh, and eventually releasing Lautaro who from a tight angle puts it past Manyan. It was a little bit on Manyan to not cover the near post, uh, but it was a great finish. And I think the thing that needs to be said about that finish is the reaction to the goal when Lautaro runs up into the curva and the whole team sprints out. It was the stuff of, of dreams. Like the goosebumps were outrageous in that moment and the stadium absolutely exploded um not to mention that he shot that in with a left-footed strike not his dominant right foot these the scenes after that goal and seeing how the fans responded to him and to see how much it meant to Lautaro in my opinion it's it's him as the captain going forward and i think we're seeing what we thought we were going to get from Mauro Icardi in Lautaro Martinez, leading this team to glory. And granted, Mauro was doing it with less talent around him. He wasn't able to go you know, into the Champions League and, and perform, unfortunately, outside of uh, the first 
I think that was only the first year really with uh, Spalletti. But still, like, if you're Mauro Icardi and you see this, how much has this got to irk you to see the guy that was basically, you know, your understudy now taking the glory, winning a Scudetto, a Coppa Italia, two Supercoppa, and now leading them to the Champions League final. And you see the relationship he has with Diego Milito. I don't know if you saw that video with of them. I mean, that gave me chills. And it's like, I I want Lautaro to do be able to do what Diego Milito was able to do. Um, and he, you know, obviously he took it a step further by winning the 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 World Cup with with Argentina. But if he's able to to be the guy and score not only the winning goal in the semi, but then or the clinching goal, really whatever you want to call it in the semi, but then do it again in the final for us. I mean, we're looking at a two hundred million dollars striker. Good luck buying him now. You know, like yeah. Don't that give, price is going up. Don't give them any ideas. Don't give them any ideas. Listen, you want to spend two hundred million? Go ahead. But anyway, he's not going anywhere. He's our captain. I love him with the armband. It feels like he plays for the team, whereas Mauro played for himself. Really, like it was, it was for his glory. Lautaro will sacrifice. He'll work in the midfield. He'll press. He'll track back. He'll lay it off for his strikers. I mean, he's. He's a complete forward. He really is. He is. I mean, he had a few a few turns in the midfield where he escaped. I believe it might have been Krunich and, and Tonali, which were so beautiful in, in the way he was yeah. That little kick the way, that he did to escape. Yeah, and the way he like he does that, like it looks like such a slow turn. Man, was it uh it was so nice to see. And I love him, man. I love him. I, I, I criticize him when he when he goes in slumps and I get mad when, when he's not, you know, performing. But when the light shines the brightest, like I said earlier, he shows up, man. He performs, and I, I'm so glad that he was the one that got the winning goal. I would have liked Hakan to get a goal because I think that might have just, you know. <laughs> San Siro yeah, might have come down. It might have, man. It might have. We, we, we would have lost uh, Nima and Huyan because they were both at the game. So, um, But my goodness, man, that was such an awesome experience. I wish we, I wish we could have been there. Yeah. To uh to witness that in person. I don't I don't know what I would have done. I yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it was mm. um just an incredible moment from a striker who, if you think about, you know, his young resume, you mentioned some of the trophies that he's he's brought in, but you know, if he gets the Champions League, he's he's completed the um, you know, it's kinda like it reminds me of like a video game when you're going after all these different uh, achievements, right? He'd have to go to you know every other league to win their uh, respective trophies. But at least in Italy, if he brings the Champions League, uh, he's already got you know a Copa America and um, a World Cup. So he's like Thanos gathering Infinity Stones. He's just I mean, adding, yeah, man. He's just adding trophies to the cabinet, um, and this would be uh, you know arguably his greatest achievement outside of the world cup but in the world cup again you know i mentioned it on the culture guys like he was much less effective in that tournament than he's been he's been much more crucial for inter in this run-in um a truly truly special player it was also just amazing to see him and lukaku embrace afterwards they did their little uh pew pew at, at each yeah, other yeah <laughs> um after lotaro finally came down from the stands but you know, just incredible. And then after that goal, the uh, the match was effectively finished, right? I think um, there's one more incident, uh, a Krunic studs up tackle on Hakan that is a red card every day of the week. 
you've got to give that. I, I you know I don't care what the scoreline is or the aggregate is. Like Hakan could have been seriously injured um, from a challenge like that. Like you know, especially what you know about Krunich from the previous. He shouldn't even like, been in this like, game to begin with. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. Um, that would have been a, a really, really bad situation and a bad look for, for the referees. So I don't know what happened there, but he should have been red carded. Um, and the game ends and Inter is in the final. Um, we're going to Istanbul. And I think there was a point in time this year we had had a discussion where, um, you know, we didn't know where the club goes from here. Like we were talking about heading back into the banter era. And now we've given ourselves the opportunity to add to this squad, uh, you know, without hindering it too much already. We we've given ourselves the opportunity and Simona needs to, needs to be um, praised for that. Obviously you need to secure a top four finish, but if you secure the top four and you make it to the final, of the champions league, um, even if you don't win the the cup competitions that you're still in, in terms of you know financial sustainability, those are huge check marks that likely allow you to avoid a major sale. It doesn't mean that it won't happen, right? Like if if the money comes in for a certain player, I, it, I wouldn't put it past this um, senior leadership to accept the offer. But I think that you know, securing top four and getting to the final of the Champions League, at least from from a monetary perspective, from at least from what we've been told from reports, I think it puts us in good standing with being able to continue forward with this team, um, which we've talked about time and time again, just needs a, a few tweaks uh, to become, you know, hopefully a dynasty in Italy and hopefully a team that, that goes far in the Champions League year after year. So uh, it has to be stated, like Simone... I'm sorry. I know that Johnny's done his apologies. I need to do my apologies as well. Um, you you might just be the next Italian super coach, which uh, <laughs> which Nima I'm sure is is hanging on to these yeah. receipts. Actually, I think I oh, saw yeah. him tweet out uh, several receipts uh, regarding yeah. on it today. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's definitely got. Um probably a, a a file of evidence against me so yeah i mean if he pulls this off yeah he, i mean i already owe him an apology you know i i i didn't think we would get this far and he's got them clicking on all cylinders man he really has and i can't really knock him he's gotten the rotations right he's got it all figured out right now and, and i don't want him to really change it like i said i don't want i'm not going to criticize anything i don't i'm not going to I think the only thing I don't like is that he keeps rotating goalies, but whatever. You know, if you want to do that, fine. You want to play with fire, go ahead. But you've got everything else working. We're on a what now? What is it? Nine games in a row in all competitions win streak? Yes. I mean, if, I think if you include Benfica as a, a win. Okay, so eight, eight, eight wins and one draw then, realistically. But like, yeah, in your last, regardless, I mean, he's got him clicking. The boys are are playing on, on all fronts. You know, the rotations are good. They seem fresh. Like, I mean, you know, we know DiMarco gets tired in 60 minutes. We know how, uh, we know how, um, you know, Hanana gets exhausted, so he needs a fresh break. But, you know, and rotating the forwards has been working out well for us. It, it really has. Um, I mean, ha- listen, hats off to him for, for getting us to where we are, to getting us to something that, I, again, I didn't think we would get back to. So I'm so happy, man. I, 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 I really could like just run through my apartment walls and 
But looking, I'm looking at the uh, the Champions League final date, June 10th. That's, pl- that's I'm pro- plenty of time, man. I'm probably going to be in New York for Father's Day to, to see my dad. So please let's do this. Please let's I make think, this happen. I think, you know, I know uh, <laughs> Mario Gagliano or Mario Sweatshirt uh, on Twitter is, a, is an Inter fan, even though he pretends to be a Napoli fan to get under their skin. Um, I'm sure he, you know, he's on Long Island. He might, you know, want to get together. And, I, and I'm I'm sure, you know, we can find other Interisti. I mean, we've had guys on, on our Instagram say they, you know, they would want to get together for that. So or for a match and what what better match to get together for than, than a Champions League final. So, yeah. Yeah, I think we should I think we should do it and start planning on it and, and try to get as many people in the tri-state area who are, you know, Interisti to, to come watch the game somewhere. And we could figure out a spot that, that might be good for that. We'll drop this. Um... We'll drop this after the pod. We'll throw out something on Twitter and see, um, you know, how much we can get in terms of uh, people to come up to New York. Um, but this sounds very, very doable. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. L- listen, job's not finished, right? If you look at this upcoming week is a another big week for us. So like you mentioned, June 10th is the day of the Champions League final, but we're not done in other competitions. And both of those other objectives could technically be decided this week, right? We're looking at Napoli on Sunday, a Napoli that has, has, you know, they've won the title. There's not really any reason for them to go out there and do much. They're not involved in any other competitions. You know, I guess the only thing they're really fighting for is if they don't want Inter to do the double over them. But that's a game that, you know, we should go out and go win that game. And if you win that game and you collect those three points, given Roma's draw, um, you know, given some of the other results from this past weekend, Inter could solidify their top four spot uh, on Sunday with a win over Napoli. Then you look at Wednesday, a game against Fiorentina, which is the uh, the Coppa Italia final. So we could secure two objectives within the next seven days, uh, having already secured a place in the Champions League final. So guys, job's not finished. You don't have, you know, nothing to uh, to hold on to until June 10th. There's plenty more excitement coming from this team um and plenty more for us to to keep fighting for again you know fingers crossed about mickey because we do uh we do need him um for this run-in of of games he's a great option for us hopefully we don't see handanovic on sunday against napoli because that could you know even a napoli that doesn't care that could be a bloodbath Um, yeah but still plenty to fight for coming up real soon yeah, I mean, listen, I just, I just want to finish strong on all fronts and and hopefully we can just collect two more trophies cuz that would be that would be huge for us. So huge. It would be an amazing oh, year. It would, would be an amazing year. It would be. It would be. And it would be an up a, a, like it'd be the last 3 years more trophies. You know what I'm saying? Like we would Yeah. Win the Scudetto, nothing else. Win two trophies last year, and now if we could win three, six in 3 years, I mean, uh, a lot of teams could be dreaming about this or would, would probably give up a lot to, to be able to say that they, they've done that, especially if the Champions League is one of them. So, listen, let's keep supporting the boys, keep backing them. And, and, and you know, you know, obviously we can be critical of things, we you know, if we don't like it. But uh, with the way it's looking, there's really not much to be upset about, really. there I haven't – I can't think of, you know, any bidones that, that come to mind, any – you know, that it's – we just – even though everybody is pl- a nice, a nice game. He today. did. Honestly, you, you, you can make the case that this was his best game of the year. Yeah. Probably the best game of his career for Inter. So if it, if it had, listen, if he has to only play champions league or whatever, I'm, 
fine. You know, like it's yeah. it's just been it's been really good to see the way everybody's clicking. I was really happy with Gozen's um, cameo. I'm happy to see him back. He is such a physical specimen. It's so upsetting that he's not able to stay healthy because he looks like he's in phenomenal shape. But when he gets going and he's on the ball, like he had a few good passes and movements and overlapping runs that I was just very happy with. And I'm gonna come out and say it. I don't I don't want him to leave. I don't want him to go anywhere. I want him to be, you know, a key player on this team and and to hopefully, because we see we can't get 90 minutes out of the out of the Marco, hopefully take over that left wing back spot and not have to invest in or sell or bring, you know, somebody else in and just let him let him take it over because I, I loved Gozins at Atalanta, and I'm so I, I want to see him reach his best with Inter, which I still think he's capable of doing. All we need is really like a type of right wing back who can deliver in a good back post back post ball, and um, and he'll find a way to get on the end of it, man. We we saw how he, he scored that goal against Lazio. He yeah. he will get up for it. He will contort. He will fight for the ball, and he and he, he says all the right things. Like he is just a, a constant professional he doesn't ever badmouth anyone he doesn't criticize the situation he doesn't get mad at the coach he takes advantage of the opportunities given to him and he's just a true team player and i feel like that's something you need um at a club like inter you can't have people who have huge egos and think they're bigger than the club you need people who give it all for the team and i mean i think everyone we see they do it i mean look at the look look at how lautaro and, and barella embraced after the final whistle I mean, uh, they look like they were gonna have tears in their eyes, man. Like they, they, they've been through it. They know what it, what, what, what a dogfight it's been to get here, and the struggles financially. Not, I'm saying for them, but for the club and, and everything that the club has been through, and all the ups and downs, and to get here. This is a team united, and I just want to see it to continue to grow and 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 move forward, and and you know, hopefully we bring in you know a, a little refresh. We get some some new blood in there that can that can help us out and continue to you know and now push for you know hopefully a second star yeah absolutely you're right about left wing back is not a hole in this team um and you know i want to keep as much of this team intact as possible just trim some of the fat and uh add some some youth into the squad but we know how important rotation is so um yeah i can definitely see our left flank being manned by demarco and gosens again next year um Man of the match for me, it's got to be Lautaro. He's he's the one that scored the goal that ended the tie. Uh, his defensive work was amazing. The way that he's able to drop deep, collect the ball, and bring it upfield. Um, he's at the peak of his powers right now, and it's it's a joy to watch him play. Yeah, I mean, it's a great shout. Um, just to not be the same, even though I probably realistically would give it to Lautaro, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Onana. That save, I think, was massive given the context and, and the time of where we were in the match. Um, a one 0 lead for Milan at that point, I think, would put have put us under a lot of pressure. Not saying we would have, you know, broke and, and given it up, but I think we would have been on the back foot a little bit, and, and there would have been a lot of nervous fans um, watching. And clearly, since we saw there was no foul called that save had to be made, even if we thought it was a foul leading up to the opportunity. So I think that save in itself was such massive at the time of the game that I, I think that that's why we, we ended up winning because at that, you could see the deflated look on, on Brahim Diaz's face. And even yeah. though he didn't place it well, I mean, it wasn't really a great shot. Onana still had to move across the goal to make the save. Like if he picks the corner, it's a little bit harder. I still think Onana gets down fast enough. He, uh, he's got cat like reflexes. I'm sorry, but yeah, 
yeah, we just um, who knows what could have happened. So uh, I'm gonna give it to to Onana, and um, but yeah, Lautaro. Uh, I mean, we see the importance. He is the captain, and and he was probably the most consistent performer the entire game. So um, yeah, great, good shot there too. Yeah, well, uh, you know, those two guys up the field uh, in goal, uh, crucial for us uh, all season long. Um, shout out to Simone as well for managing this tie and getting us through. We're into the final. Um, season's not over, and it's a, it's always a good position as a fan to have the season continue to be going on, and, and we still have things to look forward to. So, as always, thank you guys so much for jumping on um, and joining us. Johnny, do you have hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, man. Bro, you were a guest on the Calcio guys. Oh, I was. Yeah. So if you listen, if you listen to this, they brought Alex on with the Calcio guys. I'm sure you've seen Nicholas Calcio, Johnny Delicoli, where I'm always trolling him for his fandom of two different clubs and his Boston Bruins and and Adriano, who I mean, he doesn't really, he's not really active on Twitter, but you know, I mean, he got to be on there. So if you listen to this, go check out the Calcio guys. They do a really good job, and and they had Alessandro on there previewing the match and. And uh, yeah, I'm going to actually go check it out myself, too, because uh, I was waiting for it to be posted. So, yeah, I definitely uh, I brought you up a few times. So um, go give that a listen for sure. There was a really good question sent in. So I, you guys might want to you guys yeah. might want to check it out. Yeah, we, we commented on it. So I'm uh, curious to see what you think. Um, <laughs> but again, the support means everything uh, from you guys. And obviously, you know, um, we're we're still here we're still doing this thing and it's uh we really appreciate everything that um that you guys do for us so thanks for retweeting thanks for sharing thanks for listening um it's all super important all right in the words of the great roberto scarpini forza ragazzi forza ragazzi forza ragazzi andiamo in finale